0: The longer you put off the decision, the less likely you will do it. Do you know that's why the television commercials always tell you, call it in the next 10 minutes? Why do you think they tell you that? They're not going to stop selling it in the next 10 minutes because they know they got to get you to decide right now. They know if you wait 24 hours, you won't buy Welcome to Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. And today is the final part of the seven part series called Resurrection Power. And we have gone through several of the phases just dealing with resurrecting some dead things in our lives. And we just began with just the knowledge. That some things in our lives that are dead are meant to stay dead, and some things that we have in our worlds are meant to die. And we started with illustrations of those, and for the last two messages, I've been dealing with what God spoke to me when he said, The three things that have died most in my people are dreams, hope, and plans. And I was instructed to explain the difference and expound upon dreams, hopes, and plans. And the last two messages have dealt with dreams and hope. And today, I want to just deal with our plans as we wrap this final message up of this series. And dreams basically say it it tells us and it lets us know that this is what can be done. It, It opens our minds and our spirits to possibilities, Hope says, I can do this. There's a difference between what can be done and what I can do. We can dream about oftentimes what can be done, but when we get to hope, it then becomes personal and we internalize and we're able to say, I can do this. Plans say, this is how I'm going to do it. So we go from what can be done to what we can do to exactly how we're going to do this. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, New International Version says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Don't you know, people, that God has some great plans for us? God has some great plans for us He knows the plans that he has for us. He plans to prosper us and not harm us. Plans to give you hope and the future. And we know this. We've heard this verse over and over and over again. And yet sometimes we'll ask ourselves, Well, Lord, if you have plans to prosper me, then why am I struggling? Have you all ever wondered that question? If you have plans to prosper me, why is it? that I can't pay my bills on time? Why is it that I am have to beg every month? Why is it that I'm going through all this stuff? If you have plans to prosper me, why is it that I'm having to struggle and why does it appear that I'm not prosperous and not to harm you? Well, Lord, if you have plans not to harm me, why am I hurting? Why is it that I'm going through pain of, of heart and pain in the physical body? If you've got plans not to harm me, why is it that I go through pain to give me hope and the future? And yet sometimes we wonder, why is the future? Why does it appear to be so dim? And right now, I and many of the other members of the church and many people around the world, we're in the midst of a program called 42 at the 40 day miracle at 40 daycom dot com and the power of 42 dot com and. And in 42, the first thing that you have to do is to read the daily proclamation morning and night. And as I began to reread and read every morning and every night, this daily proclamation, the first thing in the daily proclamation says this. Dear God, I surrender my life to you. Help me. To change my will to thy will. Dear God, I surrender my life to you. Help me to change my will to thy will. And since we're talking about plans today, let me paraphrase that again to mean essentially the same thing. Dear Lord, help me to change my plans. your plans. And and, and you see, people, sometimes our plans and God's plans, they're different. And our plans have often died. That's why he said the three things among my people that that are dead most, dreams, hope, and plans. and, and, And our plans are dead, but sometimes our plans are not in line and they're not the same as God's plan, Psalms 37 verses 4 and 5, you've heard this many times, and it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And that's another one of those verses that we sometimes wonder about. Lord, you said you'd give me the desires of my heart, and look like I don't have a thing I want. Why is it that we're not prospering and why is it that we don't have the desires of our heart? You have to understand everything that God is talking about. See, you understand verse four where it says, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. But verse five says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in, in him and he shall bring it to pass." See, most of us want God to give us our desires of our hearts But we haven't really delighted ourselves in him. When is the last time, in all honesty, that you have just delighted yourself in the Lord? I mean, when is the last time have you ever been just seen jumping and skipping around the house, just delighting yourself in the Lord? the last time you have truly delighted yourself. See, even with 42, when I have to spend time in prayer, and I have to spend time in study, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Sometimes I have a difficulty in just delighting myself in prayer. I mean, I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. Sometimes I struggle with delighting myself in prayer. Some of y'all are going to find this extremely shocking. But sometimes I have a difficulty finding myself delighting in reading my Bible. There's something about it where sometimes I'm just not overly enthusiastic. I don't break out in goosebumps. You know, I I just don't have this over anticipation, just heart just beating, just can't wait to get to my Bible. Sometimes I have a problem delighting myself in prayer and scripture. Sometimes I don't even want to come to church. Now, I know this again is is extremely shocking to you, but sometimes the pastor just will wake up some days and just say to mother, I really don't want to go to church today. I I know this is very incredulous for some of you, and some of you can't understand this, but there's sometimes the pastor, Him now, now see, this is me, see, see, Elijah, Every day that see Elijah wakes up, every day, see Elijah will wake up and say, is it Thursday yet? Is it Sunday yet? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? But, but I'm, I'm going to be, I, I've, I've got some issues sometimes. So there is a reason often why we don't have the desires of our heart because we have not delighted In God, and and our our desires are away from the delights of God. We don't trust in Him because we have our own plans. And how do we get our plans back alive? And how do we get life breathed back into them? We first have to get on accord and understand. That often our plans are just not God's plans. Suppose God told you that he would make you vice president of the United States. You'd be second in command. And if something happened to the president, you would be the president. You'd have secret service protection everywhere that you went. You'd go everywhere in a motorcade. Even when you came to church here at the Ark of Salvation, you'd be surrounded by four or five secret service agents. They'd have to block off a rope just for you because you were the vice president of the United States. Suppose God were to tell you you were going to be vice president of the United States. You, you would never have to worry about going to the airport again and standing in the security line because now you've got your own private Air Force Two jet. Suppose he told you people would know you on the street everywhere you went and and want your autograph and and want you to speak at all. Suppose he told you that he was going to make you vice president of the United States. But he said, I'm going to send you through the same trials and the same time period that I sent Joseph. When Joseph became second in command in Egypt, essentially vice president, I'm going to make you vice president. But you're going to spend years rotting in jail. You're going to spend years as a slave. I'm going to make you vice president. But you have to go through the same path. Your brothers are going to sell you out and betray you. I'm going to make you vice president. But this is what you have to go through. See, the problem that most of us have is that when, when God, if God told him the whole plan, we would say, uh, <laughs> see, if God told us the whole plan that he has to prosper us in, and the hope for our future, if he told us the whole plan, we would raise up our hands, excuse me, uh, excuse me. And that is often the problem of why God cannot even reveal his entire plans for us. Because often we don't want to go through the process of where God wants to take us. We want sometimes the throne, but we don't want the throes of what we have to go through to get to the throne. But people, we have to start focusing on the plans after we can get the plans where God truly wants us to go. See, some of us, to be honest about it, we plan to go someplace God doesn't really want us to go. And if you're planning to go somewhere that God really doesn't want you to go, you won't get there. If you do get there, you won't stay there. And if you do get there and stay there, you won't be happy there. So you've got to, first of all, understand where is it that God wants Me to go. And then we have to be prepared to do what is required to get there. Let's say, for example, you say, I want to work in a hospital. Some of us, some of the people here in the congregation, you work in hospitals. Well, you can work in a hospital. There are several different positions in the hospital. You can be a doctor. You can be an RN. You can be an LPN. You can be a, a receptionist. You can be an orderly or you can be a janitor. All of them good jobs, all of them honorable jobs, but they require different levels of planning. Amen. If you say, I want to be a doctor, then you have to have a different level of planning than if you say, I want to be the janitor. Now, you have never, well, at least I never had, I have never gone, and a janitor is an, is an excellent op- occupation, it's an honorable, good, hard work but I have never heard a person say, you know, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a janitor. I have never heard anyone plan for that. But everyone who's a doctor, they will tell you, I've been wanting to be, a, I made a decision early that this is what I want to do. The point is this, the higher the level that you aspire to go, the more important planning is. The more you want to be, the more important it is to have your plans together. So if you want to be a doctor, you have to plan a lot more than if you want to be a janitor. Just simple as that. You have to start planning early in high school if you want to be a doctor. Then when you go to college, you have to not only do you have to plan, but you will have to activate the plan and you will have to do a whole lot of work and a whole lot of studying. You see, every, even if you look at Joseph, even though Joseph went to be vice president of Egypt, everywhere Joseph went, Joseph was diligent in what he did. When he was a slave, he was the best slave that Potiphar had. Potiphar ended up putting Joseph in charge of everything in his household. When, when the man went to jail, the man was so good, the jailer ended up putting him in charge of the jail. See, wherever you want to go, you've got to be diligent where you want. You can't just... I I believe in the power of the word, but you just can't talk it. there, there, There are some points... You, you begin with what you speak, but you have to put some stuff in some action. You just can't talk your way through it. You have to put this stuff into some action with some results and with some diligence, and you have to have a track record where everywhere you have gone along, people can say, This man was diligent. This woman was diligent. When she was here, she was awesome. When he was here, he was awesome. When he moved here, they were awesome. When they moved there, they were awesome. They moved. Do you know what happens with a lot of cases? The track record follows. But it's either good or bad on both ends. When they were here, they messed up. They went there, they messed up. They went there, they messed up. And there they're here messing up. The track record often follows. So we have to plan early, especially the higher we go. I I watched a documentary a few days ago with my son. And the documentary was on J.P. Morgan. J. Pierpont Morgan. Many of you know the company, the Big Bank, is almost the largest bank in America, but I had never really known the history and the background of J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan came from a whole family of preachers, became the most financially powerful man virtually in the history of the company. When they get went over his biography, J.P. Morgan single-handedly saved the U.S. out of bankruptcy. The man was the most powerful, but but he came from a family of preachers. But J.P. Morgan said this. He says, the wise man bridges the gap by laying out the path by means of which he can get from where he is to where he wants to go. But the wise man, he lays out the path. But the wise man has to even understand those two points. You have to understand where you are and you have to understand where you're going. And if you don't know either one of those, you can't even get to wherever you're even supposed to be. So oftentimes our plans are dead because we don't even know where we want to go. Turn to the person next to you and just ask them, where do you want to go? The richest man in America is, is Bill Gates, founder of Microsoft Corporation, and, and Microsoft's slogan is "Where do you want to go today?" This man understands the principle that you have got to know where you want to go. In every, how you going to plan, and you don't know where you want to go. So oftentimes the world has the world has lulled us and killed all of our plans. By making us feel lethargic about where we are and we just, do you know that's that's the way that we have gotten there just even watching television now. Do you know you're almost crippled if you don't have the remote control? I mean, this, this is how it is, God. You can't even watch television without the remote control. If you're missing, them, because what it means is you'll have to get up, walk over and turn the channel. Ninety nine percent of people can't even watch television now because they can't get up, walk over and turn the channel. If you can't just lean back, hold it, point it and push the button, you just let it stay on what channel is on. (laughs) Do, Do you understand that? But this is how we have been lulled into a position of laying where we are and don't even have any ambition, desire, drive to get up and go. That's what it does to you. And you don't, you ain't turn the channel. See, some of your lives are right now, they're stuck on true stories. Some of your life, the channel is stuck on dark days. Some of your lives, the channel is stuck on the edge of night. You know, it, it's stuck. And because the world has lulled us, we're too lazy to get up to change the channel. Where do remote control. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. And, and see, sometimes you can't even recognize it until it's pointed out. We don't even get up to change the channel anymore. We won't turn the, get up to turn the volume up. We can't hear. We don't have a remote control. We just won't hear it. <laughs> won't get up. The commercial that aired so many times so long ago had so much truth in it. I've fallen. And I can't get up. And it's not that our bodies have been incapacitated, our minds and our spirits have been incapacitated and we've fallen. We're sitting there. The world has lulled us into this period of non-activity and we just lay there too lazy and too low to get up. To change our life's channel. And I asked God, I said, Lord, what do you want me to tell people about their plans? He says three things, three very simple things. Number one, check with God before you make your plans. Check his word and go in prayer. Check with God. Get a release in your spirit before you make your plans. That's one of the main. Check with God first before you make your plans. And, and be prepared to listen to what God tells you about your plans. And if you can't hear from God, then go to a person who has success in that area and who has wisdom that you trust and ask them and be prepared to listen to what they tell you. So first, check with God before you make your plans. Check his word and go in prayer. Number two, write them down. Write down where you are and where you want to be and fill in the middle. There is a power in the written word. Something happens. My daddy always used to say whenever people, you know, he was he was a, a well-known businessman. People would come up to him all the time. And my daddy always told me, he said, look, son, you can get rid of 95 percent of people by telling them just one thing. Just tell them to write it down. He said, you can get rid of 95% of the people by telling them one thing. Just ask them to write it down. He said, when, they, when, they, when you ask them to write it down and bring it to me on paper, it's going to wipe out 95% of the folk who come to you to take up all your time. So he said, tell them to write it down. So this is what God is to write down where you are and where you're going to go. And then fill it in the middle. So if you want to be a doctor, you're in high school, fill in the middle. I want to be a doctor. I'm in high school. Now, I got to feel in this middle. So whatever you want to do, and sometimes even if you can just write down where you want to go in our boardroom and our company, I have on the wall the annual sales figure for what the goal is for the company. And the national sales manager came in to talk to me a few weeks ago, and he told me, he said, the goal that you have on the wall. He said, I believe we can double that. And I said, Amen. I said, but the goal has a time frame on it. it. Says by next year, so you need to have. And if you put that goal in front of you, it stays there, and you'll start to fill in the middle. See, whatever your goal is, whatever it is, you, you got to know where you're going. If you know where you're going, if you got some plans, at least for destination. We we've got all kind of GPS's now, but but a GPS is absolutely worth nothing unless you put your destination in. And there are 24 satellites orbiting the earth that will tell you direction, but not, it's not worth a hoot if you don't put in where you want to go. Right. Put down where you are and where you want to go and fill in the middle. Third thing God spoke to me is this. Decide. Decide. Make a decision. Decide is a French word from the French desider. And basically it means to cut off. So when you make a decision and you decide that you want to go to a destination and you fill in all your plans, you gonna to have to cut off some stuff. That's just all it is to it. You gonna to have to cut off some stuff. Sometimes you have to cut off some people. Sometimes you have to break relationship. Sometimes you have to make some major, massive changes. Decide where you want to go, and when you make a decision, you automatically will eliminate some of the stuff out of your world because this stuff does not go with you. It can't go with you to that direction. If you decide, say, I want to be a doctor. You can't you can't hang out with friends who party five days a week. That's right. You can't hang out with folk who never crack a book. That's right. It automatically will change your association and it will change your behavior once you truly decide to do something. So when you make a decision and see, it's not it's not with the hoot till you make the decision. You got to first get it clear with God, make sure you got the right plan. Then you fill in your plan. But a plan on paper is nothing but that. It's nothing but a plan on paper. So until you decide till you make a decision. And I'm not talking about an emotional decision, because sometimes we will make emotional. decisions. I'm going to do that. Yes, I am. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Three days later. The thing, and that's why. That's why in the Old Testament, oftentimes when they gave their word, they would often cut something and make it bleed. I remember Abraham; when they, they cut an animal in two and just walk between the two halves. I don't cut this thing in two. I have decided to do this. This is a covenant between us. So sometimes, when you really decide, you you cut into some things. It sometimes can hurt because to make major changes in your world will generally always hurt. Want to get your body in shape? I guarantee you it's going to hurt. But you're going to have i had to cut out German chocolate cake if I was going to decide to keep my body in shape. Just like some, stuff I, and some stuff I did like, but I had to cut off some stuff when I made a decision to go to another place I I had to get off off the couch I had to cut off some stuff so you're gonna have to cut some things when you truly make the decision check with God and get your plans cleared with him and after God clears your plan get a pencil a paper computer whatever it is write it down where you are where you wanna go and fill in the middle and then make a decision the longer you put off the decision, the less likely you will do it. Make a decision. See, if you put it off to next week, it's gone. Make a decision. The longer you put it off. Do you know that's why the television commercials always tell you call it in the next 10 minutes? Why do you think they tell you that? They're not going to stop selling it in the next 10 minutes. Call within the next 10 minutes because they know they got to get you to decide right now. They know if you wait 24 hours, you won't buy. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. If you decide to do this, you can go and hear this sermon at airjesus.com. Send it to a friend absolutely free. God wants to prosper you. God wants to give you hope. God wants to give you a future. God wants your plans alive and in his will. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to AirJesus.com and TheOnlineWord.com. This was the seventh and final message in the Resurrection Power series by Nathaniel Brauner, This message was number 5439 and called Plans. That's 5439. To listen to the entire series click series on AirJesus.com or TheOnlineWord.com. Listen to AirJesus.com and TheOnlineWord.com often and keep your spirit charged up.